1992, the Associated Press did a survey of over 4,000 self-help books that had been written during the, the previous year. And a self-help book is a book that's written for someone who's, who's looking to improve upon their life. They're, they're searching for happiness. They're searching for something that's missing in their life. And so they're, they read these books to try and, and improve their life. And the, the sheer fact that over 4,000 books were written for self-help shows us the, the desire for this sort of, of help, the desire for this sort of work in our lives, the demand. And the demand for self-help books has not waned over the past 30 years. It was interesting as I was, I saw this note this past week. And uh, when I think about 1992, I think it was like a couple weeks ago, but it's almost 30 years ago, right? And so uh, the, this demand for self-help books has not decreased over these last few decades. But the Associated Press surveyed all these books and they concluded that the best self-help manual that year was not penned uh, that year or wasn't even written any time recently. The AP put the Bible on the top of their list for self-help books in 1992. Now, although the Bible is not a self-help book, it's a God-help book it still is a book that shows us how to have real happiness. It's a, it's a book that, that shows us how we can have real joy and real purpose and real meaning in our lives. We're about to begin a new series today that's going to that's gonna go through the, for 22 weeks. It's going to go through the rest of this year and even into the beginning of, of next year. And we're going to study Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the longest book of the Bible. And the 22 stanzas that are found throughout Psalm 119 coincide with the Hebrew alphabet. This is a masterpiece of Hebrew poetry in which each stanza, the beginning, uh, the, the first letter of each line in the stanza uh, coincides with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. And so this first stanza that we're going to study today, every line begins with the letter Aleph that you see right here. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then it goes on and on throughout the rest of the chapter. And the theme of this very first section of Psalm 119 is about how we can find happiness in the word of God. And as you read the whole of Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is all about loving God's word. It's all about living out God's word, treasuring God's word. And, and my prayer as we go through this series is that we would grow to love the word and to live by the word and desire the word uh, in all, every aspect of our lives, that we would be people of the book. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I'd ask you to stand in honor of God's word if you're able and turn with me to Psalm 119, beginning in verse 1. The word of God says, how happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You've commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all your commands. But I will praise you with an upright heart. 
when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Never abandon me. Thank you. You may be seated. As we think about today how the word of God brings happiness to our lives. I want us to see how the psalmist is observing happiness and then seeking after happiness in his life. And so the first thing that we see in this in this passage is observing happiness. And this is the desire of mankind. I mean, we want to be happy. We want to be content. We want to we want to experience joy in our lives. We want to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose in our lives. Now, 2020 has been rough for most people. In fact, I saw this recent review of 2020. Very bad, would not recommend, one star, right? Uh, Throughout this year, stress has increased. Uh, Financial worries have increased. Health concerns have increased. People have been isolated and, and lonely and many people aren't happy. But that's what we really want, isn't it? I mean, we, we desire for, to be happy. And this, this search for happiness is even enshrined in our Declaration of Independence. It says there that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? And so when, when we pursue happiness, where do we find it? If you look around, you'll find all sorts of different answers to that question. The Dalai Lama says that happiness is not something that's ready-made. It comes from your own actions. Mahatma Gandhi says that happiness is when what you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. Aristotle says that happiness depends upon ourselves. And the late comedian George Burns said, happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city, right? (laughs) But man has sought happiness through many different avenues. He sought happiness and joy through trying to acquire lots of money. You know, the thought is, you know, if I just had like a million dollars, then my life would be okay. Everything would be okay in my life. I'd pay all the bills off. I'd put money in, in the savings. I would buy the things that I've been wanting. I could have some breathing room. All of my worries would go away. But you go, well, why are so many wealthy people so unhappy? And so some people say, well, I'm going to seek fulfillment through, through fame. If only I were popular, if only I had lots of friends around, if people loved me and wanted to be around me, then I would, then life would be okay. I'd sort of be this, this sort of celebrity. But why are so many celebrities miserable in their lives? There are others that would seek happiness through pleasure. You know, if it, if it feels good, then I want to do it. I, whatever buzz, whatever high, whatever, whatever good feeling I can get, I want that. Life is just about having fun and, and feeling great. But why do people feel so empty afterwards? Other people try to seek this sort of contentment through power. 
You know, maybe if I were the one that were calling the shots, if I were the one who was the boss and I was in control and I could tell other people what to do, if others were serving me and I wasn't the one that was doing all the grunt work, then, then all would be good. But why are so many powerful people feeling lonely and alone? You see, all of these pursuits don't provide real and lasting happiness. The psalmist here identifies the source of true happiness. In verse one, he says, how happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. He sees people who are, who are really happy, people who have genuine joy, people who are really contented. So where does it come from? King Solomon asked that same question in Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. He sought happiness in all the ways that we described just a minute ago. And he, he goes throughout the book of Ecclesiastes talking about trying to find meaning in all those things. And this was his conclusion in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen: When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this, fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. Fear God and keep his commands. Now, the psalmist here uses the Hebrew word asher. It's translated as happy here in verse one. It also means blessed. Some of your translations might say how blessed is the man uh, who uh, walks, whose way is blameless and who walks according to the Lord's instruction. And so it has this idea that you are under the, the blessing of God. And the way to be under the blessing of God is to have a relationship with God and to follow his word. It's only through having a relationship with God that man is truly going to be happy. It's only through a relationship with God that man finds real contentment and fulfillment and joy. In fact, you can have joy and blessing in a relationship with God even if you aren't rich or famous or pleasuring or powerful. And that's because you were created by your creator to have this relationship with him. It's a need of mankind that all of us has inside of our heart. Without God in his life, man is always going to be empty. He's always going to be searching. He's always going to be wanting purpose and meaning, something real. But through faith in Jesus Christ as your savior, you can have this relationship with God. You find forgiveness your life is transformed. In fact, the Bible says it's like you're born again. You're on a way that, that's called broad that leads to destruction, the Bible says. But Christ redeems us and he sets our feet on a path that's straight and narrow that leads to life. And through this relationship with Christ, we're washed clean by his blood. We're given his righteousness and our way is now blameless. He says, how happy is the one whose way is blameless? The only way that your way is going to be blameless is if you are forgiven and washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so as a man walks 
on this path, he finds that it's a lot different from the path of this world. In fact, it's the way of God. He says, how happy are those whose way is blameless who are walking according to the Lord's instruction. And so on this path that that the Lord sets us upon as we enter into a relationship with him, this path of discipleship, we, we now know the, the law of the Lord. We can no longer claim ignorance saying, well, I didn't know I was supposed to, to live like that. Or we can no longer claim obstinacy. You know, I, I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. Instead, we are now choosing to follow the word of the Lord. So in verse two, he says, happy are those who keep his decrees. Happy are those who seek him with all their heart. In verse three, he says, they do nothing wrong. They're walking in his ways. They're doing that because that's where the blessing is. And we see the importance of the word of God because this is how we can know God. This is how God has revealed himself to us. This is how we can know how to have a relationship with God. God has shown us the way of salvation through through his word. This is how we can walk in a way that pleases God. God gives us instructions here in how to, to follow after him. And so what is the description again of a, of a person who does all these things? He says he's happy. <laughs> he's blessed. He's content. He's joyful. He's alive. And the world would tell us that if you live that way, then you're not going to have happiness. That This way that the Bible teaches, that's backwards. This book right here is just trying to restrict you. It's trying to hold you back. That you're going to be missing out on life if you, if you follow this. But as we look all around at the people around us, experience tells us a different story. And more importantly, God tells us a different story. He says the man who who walks in the way of the Lord is not boring. He says that man is blessed. And so here we find the psalmist observing happiness. But the second thing that we see in the passage is this psalm is seeking this happiness. He, he paints a picture here of what life is like when you know God's word, when you're obeying God's word, when you're in a relationship with God and fellowship with God. And it's a picture that we hope for. I mean, when you read these verses, you say, that's what I want in my life. I mean, we began this, this sermon by saying, this is really what every person wants. They want happiness. I want to be blessed. I want this sort of joy and contentment. But maybe you go, well, my life is so far from that, I can't even imagine being there. I can't even imagine what it would be like to experience that. Man, my life is in turmoil. My, my life is marked by frustration and by failure and by sin angst, all, all the, the hardships. But if you look here in the passage, that's exactly how the psalmist felt. In verse five, that's what he says. He says, if only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes. He's saying, I really wish my life was like that. 
He's saying, I, I wish that my life was committed to keeping your statutes, Lord. Now here in East Tennessee, everybody loves Dollywood. And uh, my family, we're season pass holders at Dollywood, and we love to go and ride all the rides. And, and when you have small children, uh, one of their favorite rides is called the Rockin' Roadway. And uh, this is a, a, these miniature cars, they're like little hot rods, and the kids love it because they get to drive these cars. And so they're sitting there in the car, and, and, and I'm in the passenger seat there in this picture with Fisher and... Uh, the car is on a track, okay? So, so they're, you know, they're spinning the, the steering wheel and going, and they're not even looking half the time. They're doing this and waving at your other people and stuff. But it doesn't matter because it's on a track, you know? And so it might start going this way and it'll hit the track and the track kind of just keeps it going along through there. And so, you know, I would never, ever let Fisher sit in the driver's seat in my truck as we go down Interstate 75, okay? But... I don't have any problem sitting in the rock and roadway with him behind the wheel. Why is that? Because I can trust that he won't go off course. And that's what the word of God does in our lives. It keeps us on God's course. It keeps us on a path that God says he will bless and so when you, when you set your life to God's standards, you find this happiness that's been evading us. And that's because we were made to live that way. The reason that our life is so turbulent when we follow our own ways or when we follow the ways of the world is that our life wasn't supposed to be that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's because our life wasn't supposed to be that way. How many of you have ever gone to your local zoo and, you know, you walk through and look at all the animals and you go to the, the Arctic area there at the zoo and you walk in, you see the, the penguin exhibit and all these penguins swimming and playing around and flapping and doing what penguins do. And uh, then all of a sudden you look over and there's a hippopotamus in the tank with them. Anybody ever seen that in the Arctic area? Of course not. Why? Because they're not supposed to be in there. I mean, they would die in there. I mean, it's a, it's a Arctic climate and, and, and they live in the tropical zone. They need hot water and sun and things like that to live. That's where they're supposed to be. And the reason that we feel guilt or shame is because we weren't supposed to choose sin. Adam and Eve were placed in a garden paradise where they had perfect fellowship with God. But when they chose to go in a different way, when they chose uh, to, to, to live in sin, they went off course and everything was destroyed. Sin came into the world. Our fellowship with God was broken. The earth was broken. They felt shame and they hid from God. And that's because we weren't created to live that way. We were always supposed to follow the word of the Lord. And the psalmist here recognizes the happiness in living that way. He says there in verse six, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all your commands. That's because we're redeemed, we're cleansed by the blood of Christ, we're forgiven, and the guilt 
of sin, the shame of sin is removed from us and we're set free to live for Christ. That's why people who are convicted when they have sin in their lives, just like Adam and Eve, try to hide from God. That's why we often will avoid church and avoid the Bible or avoid Christian friends and family when we are living in sin. It's because it's a reminder to us of the shame, of the, of the guilt. But through this relationship with Christ, we find that forgiveness, we find that freedom, we find that sin and shame are, are removed from us as we live for the Lord and walk according to his word and we find peace with God. We find joy, we find blessing, happiness. So in verse seven, he says, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous judgment, judgments. His path is different now, right? He has uprightness in his heart. And so how does he feel about God's judgments then? He's giving thanks for the righteous judgments of God instead of trying to hide from them. Because now he is walking in the way of the Lord. And as you come to the end of the psalm, of this first stanza of the psalm, it ends with resolve. He's observed happiness in others. He's seen what life can be like when you walk according to the way of the Lord. He's experienced what life can be like when you walk according to your own ways. And he says, I want happiness. I want blessing. I want God. And so he says in verse eight, I will keep your statutes. Never abandon me. He's choosing to follow the Lord and to walk in his ways. And that's the resolution that some need to make today in this room or if you're watching with us online. You look at your life and, and you don't have that blessing. You don't have that happiness that the psalmist is describing and you, you really want that peace. We said from the beginning of this sermon that this is a desire that each of us has in our life to be happy. But the only way that you're going to find it is to be reborn, is to be changed by Jesus Christ. That you would turn or repent from the way that you were going and that you would call on the one who died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and who died in your place but was raised from the dead for your salvation and for your life. And that you would call on him to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to say, I want to follow after you with all my heart, as the Lord and as the king of my life. And if that's a decision that you need to make today, then I wanna encourage you in a minute, we're gonna have a time of response and there's gonna be leaders here at the front to step out and to say, I want this happiness that you're talking about. I want this joy, I want this relationship with God. If you're watching online, you can pick up your phone and text the word decide to the number 865-234-3241. And let us know that this is a decision that you wanna make in your heart to follow after Jesus. Christians, as you are thinking about this passage of scripture this morning, maybe you realize that you need to reorient your life to the commands of God. 
You need to get some of this same resolve that the psalmist has. I will keep your statutes. I mean, you know that God's way is the, is the right way, but maybe you've been following a different way a lot of the time. Maybe you've kind of veered off course. This morning, you're being challenged to love the word of God and to love the way of God, to set your life according to God's commands. And so maybe there's some things in your heart that you want to confess to the Lord, things that you want to commit to the Lord today. You can do that here at this altar or there at your seat as you spend time in prayer during this time of response. But however God is speaking to your heart today, now is the time for us to be doers of this word and not just hearers only. Let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we do thank you today for your word, Lord, for the happiness and the joy, the blessing that comes through a relationship with you, that comes through walking in your way. So God, I pray for everybody that's here that they would experience that blessing in their life where they would have that relationship with you. And if there's any here today that, that need to come and call on you to save them, to ask for forgiveness of their sins and commit their life to you, I pray that they would make that decision today. Lord, for Christians in the room that, that say, I, I hear what the word is saying today, that real tr- true happiness and peace and contentment comes from walking according to your way, Lord. And I know that I've, I've gone off course in this part of my life. I've, I've disregarded your word in this area of my life. And today they wanna commit those things to you. And so God, move in our hearts during this time. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.